0: this is the irish rally podcast brought to you in association with tech and tools your dedicated tools provider focusing on diagnostic test equipment and specialized tools visit techandtools.ie for more information and svs productions the Australia podcast, we delve into a little bit of nostalgia, um, kind of the issue being forced because we didn't expect to see uh, this particular geezer um, appear after a, a 25 year hiatus and all of a sudden open Corky yesterday. Not only does he appear, yeah, he finishes as well, does all right. It is of course, Mr. James Leckie. James, how are you doing? Welcome to the Air Australia podcast.
1: How are you, Kel? How are you?
0: I'm flying now. Listen, it's a real pleasure and privilege to have you on. I think for a while, people might have been sending out a little search party to see where's James Leckie gone in the world of rallying, and uh, you did a pretty good job of keeping a low profile from a rallying point of view, even though business was obviously um, booming and pretty good for you over over the years, but um, I suppose the first question we have to ask is why the return? I've
1: got to give credit to a friend of mine, uh, uh, Derek I I did a I went to the Sparks do, it's a charity do, Drew Wiley sort of um, thing runs it, and a really good do, and I was talking to Gary White, and he's got a an R5, and he said he was doing a test down in Kirkuson. sure, what would the Harman in coming down and taking a wee drive in it? And I got there, and Derek was there, and he took me out, uh, well, his son Michael took me out, he's a fit driver, and um, I just thought, well, you know, this is nice, and I missed it, and I um, uh, Ah, I have a bit of time on my hands and I just thought, well, why not? And he said that Kenny McKinstry had a couple of right-handers um, for, you know, for rental and uh, him the thought about it and just thought, right, but well, I'll give Kenny a call. I'm like, what with the plan? I, I, I kind of wanted to take a run around in the woods and there's a wee rally, five mile town rally on next weekend. And he said, well, why don't we do a shakedown at Curterson and go out and do the five mile town rally? And I thought, well, i will scratch the itch, you know, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, so obviously that's not, a, I suppose, a bad way to kind of set yourself up. There's a bit of loose stuff there and all. Not quite the same, but as close as you're going to get in terms of um, a competitive recce, I suppose.
1: Oh, no, it was good. No, I have to say it was really good because, um, uh, I mean, I haven't been out in a car for 25 years. Um, and there's a, there's a lot to forget. And there's a lot of change in the cars. Mm. And the R5s are not like the Impreza, the Legacy, or even the, the old the old Sierra Cosworth taxis. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of change and um you know I was I was really not I wasn't on the car yesterday, I didn't get in, did get onto it. I think it would take a bit longer to do that, just breaking lines and things like that. I found myself, you know, coming up as hard as I could, breaking to the corner and then driving to the corner again, you know. Yeah. There was plenty of room left in it. Um but I enjoyed it and it was a good test from the point of view that uh, there was a lot of change of surface um you know there was uh you were there was dry tarmac there was wet tarmac there was uh, uh gravel good bit of gravel on it um both straight and a few current corners there was mud there was moss there was you know concrete, so it was nice that way it was only x y access for the engineers there was no no z access activity, no jumps or yumps, but um still it was good to get out and just i mean my goal was just to get familiar with the car mm-hmm. you know and and get a taste of it, and try not to to take any corners off, or just, and it's it's a bit like a racing circuit. That, you know, there's a few, there's mm. plenty of runoffs. Now there are a few bits of space you can catch, but it's mostly runoffs. If you run over a tire, it's not too bad, and so on. So it was a good test to get out, and no delph broken, so it was good, good that way.
0: Yeah, well, James, it's interesting because most people that I chat to here who have gone into an RFI, whether they've you know, they've maybe never driven a whole lot before or whether they've come from a a modified rear-wheel drive into an R5. There's two things they always talk about. One is the braking, and you mentioned it there, you know, braking and then accelerating again. And the second thing is launch control. So (laughs) obviously that was something you had to get used to as well.
1: Yeah, um, Kenny took me down a lane on Wednesday last week and he said he wouldn't let me out in the car without having tried the launch control. Mm. The launch control is essentially a button that just limits the revs. So when you're sitting in the start line and you do hit the um the popping and banging on then when you put the boot down you're not revving her to the absolute limit and it keeps mm-hmm. it down sensible but enough to drive you off so tried it a few times seemed to be all right and it, it worked all right in the day the launch control is nice now it takes you off the line there's no mistakes you know there's no faffing around um but i have to say the um the two things i find most impressive for the wee car is the the brakes and mm-hmm. just the turning in I mean the advanced um, the advancements in the the braking technology, the suspension, which I'll find out more about next weekend, I'm sure. But um, uh, but under braking, just superb and turning in, even with the brakes hard on, she'll turn in. You know, she she steers incredibly well, um, and it just it was. I mean, it's like going back to the olden days. It's just um, you just have to keep, you know, breaking three barriers. Um, and go past your, your comfort zone every time and then find out she'll do it and do it and do it um, and where there was open space I, my temptation was of old to, to pendulum the car to get her to turn in and you don't need to do that and mm-hmm. what I found was there was a lot of areas where there was just you know tires on either side you had no room to move and you had a straight into a square right or square left and you had to just break in a straight line and turn her in and it was much more efficient yeah. all that all that um, other stuff, the sliding and drifting,
0: just a waste of time. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: good fun. Yeah, so you had to maybe sacrifice some of the, the flamboyance that we were accustomed to seeing you do in the in the 90s to, to maybe just you know move on with the times as such. But I would say the obvious technological advancements are, are clear for everyone to see. But of its time, when you go into a legacy for the first time, or into an Impreza, and take the technological side out of it, they obviously were of its time too, when you had those things yeah. to get used to. So... The big thing as you know is time and see time and especially when you're 25 years away but at least you had that kind of to go off that all right okay it's not today or yesterday but yeah i know this will take time and you're mature enough to know that obviously if you're not by now you'd be in trouble yeah. wouldn't you thank you for that yeah <laughs> 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 You Know everyone doesn't get it as easy now, James, on this podcast, so don't worry, there's a, there's a few There's a few cornballs coming in there shortly, but anyway. Um, to, to, to sum up the day itself, um, you obviously enjoyed it, you came home 19th. Stephen McCauley's alongside you, a yeah. man who obviously was there in maybe the early to mid 90s as well when it was all kicking off. So, all in all, like, um, pretty enjoyable.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a great day, um, and when i got out of it i stayed away from it altogether didn't go and watch didn't go and uh, spectate or anything i got completely out of it just focused on work and built a wee business up and so on which i sold two years ago um and uh so going back to it yesterday uh was just a great day i just mm. uh, just a whole pile of people i haven't seen for years and years and years and all you know just really nice to see them and everybody's very chatty a lot of the friends come down and, you know, had a, had a good laugh and so on. So, it's just, a yeah, generally, socially, a really good day yesterday and good fun. Stephen Macaulay you mentioned there, he was actually in my class in school. Right. You know, uh, complete vagabond, you know, So, but great to get him out. And he, he did a few events for me years and years and years ago, but then he tended to migrate onto the international scene. Mm-hmm. You know, would spend a lot of time overseas doing it. And uh, I had a couple of other boys, you know, good lads navigated for me, but... And this time around, I thought I'd just give him a bell, just since there's only the two events we we're thinking of doing. And we'll take it from there, so that was the sort of thing, but a great day, good fun.
0: Yeah, so, look, you mentioned you were in school with them, you were keeping in touch with him, not out over the, that period of time. And in general, how much of an interest or, or attention did you kind of pay to rallying in those intervening years, James?
1: None at all, really none at all. I would keep an odd on, uh, odd eye on the WRC stuff that was going on. And more for some reason, more more laterally, but in the inter- intervening years, now work was a really big, big, big focus. Um, I was designing and developing products for kids with special needs, yeah. And growing the business... So this is
0: well. sorry, sorry to cut across you, but just to give sure. people the, the clear picture. So, this was simply called Lecky, and you're known for yeah. being a bit of a design head, and you built quite an empire. So, this started back in 82 or 83 or something, yeah.
1: 83, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, I just built it up over the years, um, around the Early nineties, I got a bit more time in my hands. I built a good team, and I, you know, I thought I'd go and do a bit of rallying and enjoyed it. But um, uh, really, during from the the nineties on, from two thousand on, I really focused on it and developed it and grew it overseas and built it up to be what was really nicely a really enjoyable business to be in. And, and it was nice; it was global. I've a lot of friends overseas now through that that I keep in touch with. And yeah, it was just a lovely, lovely industry. But it was time for me to get out. Um, I became the barrier to growth, so I moved it on, and it's, it's now in good hands uh, with a really good international uh, global company, um, you know, one of the bigger ones. And yeah, they're, they're doing very well with it, so I'm pleased with that.
0: And your name is still too, is it? Even though you're going
1: to. With... Uh, the brand stayed. Well, That's that was, nice, like. That was part of the value of it. I mean, the brand, the name yeah. Leckie in that industry, in that, I would say, that community, and Firefly, which was a, uh, an online sub business, um, they would be known globally and very, very well and i I've, I've kept two projects out and i have a small design company now that i'm doing it and it just some of them cross over in the same industry so when the name goes out people recognize it instantly and we're welcome with open doors which is you know it's nice it's nice to do that
0: yeah um that's one you're involved in now is it
1: <laughs> well you see the whole thing came about i sold the business just as COVID was hitting yeah and uh a lot of the i had a team of about 25 designers and they were all furloughed Okay. So I was kicking my heels with nothing to do and I decided I'd get involved in PPE and we got in touch with one of the research hospitals up here, one of the, the centers, and they said, look, let's design some PPE equipment. Um and we got stuck in and we spent a couple of years, well, a year and a half doing that. Um and that that's a development project. I mean, you we know, you won't see the fruits of that for years to come, um, because lots of tests and stuff to go on, but so we started a company high Viso, just doing um pp equipment for i suppose just to improve protection it was a, a mask with a with a with a like a guard a face guard with a mask involved a collective um, and it worked very very well passed a lot of tests and so on but as soon as people stopped wearing masks the steam ran out and we closed it but that's mm. that's fine it, it ran its course the, the big thing was it kept me going with the, the designs and with the designers and I kept my sanity during that time. So we were mm. busy. Um, and then out of that, I suppose, um, two of the boys that I was working with have stayed as designers. And I've got two um, two marketing girls as well now. So it's it's really, really good. It's a brilliant business.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of the things that have been used to describe you by people who have gotten in touch with the show is drive, always wanting the best. And I suppose those entrepreneurial skills came to the fore. You recognized the gap that time. You knew what you need to do to survive and you come up with this idea, which I think is sure. is fantastic. Um, and like, there is so much of a crossover in rallying in particular and in business. And yeah. the interesting thing I find with you is, is maybe you're probably the opposite to maybe a Donna Kelly or a Declan Boyle who maybe built up a business and then went rallying. Whereas you're kind of building that and building it. You're probably had to do it very well. I'd say for a good 10 to 15 years. And then you make a yeah. decision to, to take the step like, so, I mean, it really is a balancing act, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think the team that I'd built up before, around the early 90s uh, would open an office in America. I mean, we're busy, but had a lot of faith and confidence in them. Um, um, but after 98, there were things needed. You know, it, it just needed to take another step. And I couldn't afford not to be in the business and focused on that 100% for it to be able to do that. Um, you know, we opened up a new uh, facility, a new factory, which was a big step, um, and we took on some new distribution partners globally, and that just needed me at the helm to do that. So I, I couldn't do both. Um, you know, and I was just the, the rally, and I, I absolutely love it, but um, the business had to get the priority.
0: Yeah, because like it's one of the, the burning questions that I have, and we'll come to it in a in a warmest time, right? But uh, can I can I just talk to you about the period of time you were involved? So. It's less than a decade, right? And you've had some great days. This is before we even come to Clarney. So can you talk to me about your period of time and what stands out for you before we actually talk about Clarney in 98?
1: I mean, I, as a cowboy, I used to go down and, and borrow friends' cars at Kirkerson and, and race. There was a couple of friends of mine, two Keiths, had uh, 1,600 sports, and they used to get down to Kirkerson and run around. But they were only allowed to do, I think, six out of the eight potential races in the day. And I used to borrow their cars and do the other two spare ones, each free, and I was grateful. And so I got a real um, taste for, I suppose, racing cars at that stage, but then, um, and that's way right back. I mean, that was, ooh, God, I wouldn't like to think, that was late 70s, but um, I then went on to navigate for a friend of mine, Alan Fraser, um, Now I have to say I was an abysmal navigator. <laughs> I mean a tree, you know, it was, I was shocking, I was terrible. <laughs> Uh, but we had some good fun and went away and you know we did a lot of the circuit and Clarney and galway and i got to know the the rallies um but we, we really didn't it was, it was group N back then in rs 2000 we didn't break too much down a few good results once in the ulster we did pretty well but i would have thought i was holding him back than anything else my navigation skills were shocking <laughs> and i was blind rallying in those days um so i packed it in and started the business and then left it for a decade and and I saw a car in the paper for sale of me, Toyota Corolla, front wheel drive. And I thought, well, sure, I'm not going to buy it, I'm just going to look. Ended up buying it, and then the worst thing possible happened. I did well in the first rally. <laughs> uh, won the class. I, everybody else must have fin- not finished or something, but uh, I won the class. And that sucked me in, so I got started and hooked up with John McLean. And uh, it all got worse from there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bought a Toyota Toms off Davy Greer um and i have to say it was absolutely crap and uh, front wheel drive and rear-wheel drive i was a, a shocking driver like I, ne- I nearly never never did well at all never featured but i just enjoyed it you know um the rear-wheel drive's good fun even you know on the tar, just just rear you know just fly it as far as you can but i never had any real success i mean i'd bend it more often than finish um and then for some reason like, i went four-wheel drive and it just all clicked you mm-hmm. know at first with a Sierra Cosworth, I uh, used to call it the taxi, and then got to we escort we escort Cosworth and Group N seemed to do all right in the national stuff. Um and then talking to John McLean, he said, Come on, let's let's head it harder here and I bought the, the legacy from Bertie in I think it was ninety must be ninety four, was uh, yeah, but ninety-four. And that was just a just a lovely it's been used to group N. You know transmission, and then just getting the legacy with the dog box and the proper, you know, suspension. Oh, it was a, a dream, like a dream. You could just let her go. You know, it was brilliant.
0: Mm-hmm. And contrary to popular belief, you're telling me off air that, in actual fact, even though you owned Clarnie in the impressive 555, that you actually rathered the legacy.
1: Yeah, the time they got to the 98, they put restrictors on the on the cars, and I I think the the legacy had more get up and go. And certainly off the line, she she kicked you harder. You know, she she really bit her out of the the stops. Um, And there was a lot more movement in it. There was a lot more flow. Um, The the Impreza I felt, was quite staid. Now, they got a lot more Mm. fancy later on. And maybe I wasn't maybe good at driving the the Impreza, but um, I always enjoyed the Legacy more. There was just a bit more pendulum, a bit more popping and buying, a bit more drifting, and it was just a lot more fun.
0: Yeah. Um I suppose, looking back at that period, just before we do come to uh, Clarny again or whatever, which has a nice little running story to it as well. I mean, Clarney wasn't the first thing you won. You mentioned class wins, but you know, win on a yeah. national as well in 95. Did you win Cavan?
1: I think, I think I won Cavan a couple of times and Monaghan and a few of the others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, once once I got into the legacy, you know, she was a really fit car. Mm. Really fit car. And... um yeah, I mean, there was a few other boys that had legacy stuff around, but mm. um, if you kept their, kept their nose clean, you know, you yeah. could do well. And, just and keep the,
0: the thing is, I, I get what you're saying with, with the legacy too, because even when the 555s come out, and, jeez, actually occasionally, you know, I think back when the first WRC and Preta started coming to Ireland, you would still see the legacies mixing. I think... Uh, Daniel Daugherty um, yeah, yeah. was one that was standing out. Paul Harris a couple of times was mixing it yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, fit drivers. So
0: there's a lot 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 to be said for the legacy still, even though the technological advancements had come yeah. on. I know you, you mentioned the restrictor part, but in comparison to a WRC, there was no comparison and they were still able to to keep in with them like whatever, you know.
1: Yeah. And they were brilliant. Oh, they were just they were a pleasure to drive. Um but it was a big it was a, the, the difference was stepping out of the um the group N and mm-hmm. you know you were changing gears and that there with two fingers just trying to trying to really really be very delicate with it um and then mark um Bertie's son came down uh we're doing cabin and he came down in the friday night with the car when i bought it i was doing it on the sat- uh, saturday and uh, on the friday night we went down the main street um outside the white horse and he showed me some starts and starts some launch not, not there's no launch control back then but just i needed to take the foot off the clutch sideways and then the thought of doing that in a group in—you just had thing with a bag of bolts. So, um, and we yelled down the street two or three times to the delight of all the boys in the bars and all. It was great fun, man. and the guards as well. It was just a brilliant, brilliant weekend. Um, and I don't remember if I took it that weekend or not. I, that was '94, so I can't remember. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but just the ability to just uh, change the gear the way you want it and use the gears as, as braking as well as the brakes, which were massive on it. Were fantastic so uh, i, I love the legacy it was just a fantastic car in the woods as well
0: mm. so we'll move on to 98 which is obviously the big year right and the one that everyone kind of talks about so yeah you go you go to the circuit you notice a few things that you're not entirely happy with in sure. relation to the car so talk us through it from that point until the arrival in larney then
1: i hadn't the car very long um I'd, I, that year I, I went and got sponsors. So there was an awful lot of work behind the scenes, getting the sponsors, getting the team built up. There was a lot of hospitality. There was a lot of distractions, yeah. um, but eventually I got the car set up. Um, uh, I'm sorry up James,
0: the- to call across you, did you look after that yourself as well? A lot of it trying to gather your own budget or?
1: Um, well, I I, I was very, very fortunate. I started um, later on the previous year to gather up sponsors. And yeah. I sent out five application packs to five companies and the first two come back and said yes. And they gave me the combined budget to buy the car and run it for the year. Brilliant. So oh, it was fabulous, I, did, I was was not out of pocket at all, it was a fantastic deal they gave me, CableTel and um, TR Fastenings. Mm-hmm. And it worked extremely well for them. Um, CableTel were were um, really pushing very hard, um, putting in cable in the ground, fiber optics in the ground in Northern Ireland, and just wanted some good PR
0: because mm-hmm. there were annoying
1: a lot of people digging up the roads. Um, <laughs> uh, but they are a huge fleet across nationwide across the UK. And by them agreeing to go to L fuel cards, I got free fuel all year. And by them agreeing to go to a, a secondary or a tertiary brand of Pirelli tires, they got free tires all year from Pirelli. And, we, and like the circuit of Ireland, 39 stages, hundred pound of tire, we put four tires on per stage. You know, and she was uh, um, she was doing five miles to uh, you know a, a liter a mile basically, and it was five pound a liter. It was mm. dear, it was dear then. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm getting that wrong, but that's what I remember the price was. So the, that that took a big sting out of the running costs. You know, and they paid for the the rebuilds and all the rest. Of it. But but and and you were mentioning there in the circuit, um, spread of the box, all right. But um, a lot of people were telling me that it just didn't seem to have the the gusto that that Birdie and the others and the and had out of the corners that didn't have to get up and go. I wasn't familiar with the car, so I couldn't have told you. Yeah, had nothing to go on. So um we packed the engine up and the gearbox up in a box and sent it off at the end of the, the circuit. And I'm thinking I was fifth in the circuit. I might be wrong, was it f- was fifth, third?
0: probably a little bit you were up fairly high on stage but it might have dropped down a little bit for whatever various different reasons i think yeah might have, um kind of got yeah, it again from memory yeah. But
1: i don't know yeah. i can't remember just exactly where i finished up maybe it was seventh or something like that but it was um that was a good good event and getting the finish and i think i tried a few times not to finish but i, I got her home <laughs> and um the set the I set, set it off and got her back and she did she felt different and we went to hmm. Killarney. And um, we just seemed to be on the pace better than we had been on the circuit, um, and we were we were mixing it, which was great because I had, you know I hadn't really done a rally um, for three years. It was in the Legacy, so you know stepping into the the Impreza and being able to mix it with you know Austin and you know Andrew and Birdie and the rest, of them, I was pleased, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just laughing there because you know in relation to Cabletel, a lot of people were. Pretty annoyed about the fact that the, you know the roads were being ripped up, but they're not bother with their car laying tire marks on them at the same time. So, <laughs> 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 you know, people yeah. are fickle, aren't they, James? But, uh, yeah, moving on to the lakes, then I mean, Seamus Cooney of CRS Picks has been very kind to us because he's dug out some of these at very, very late notice and he passed on his regards as well. He's,
1: Thank you. Uh, he's,
0: he's great, he's great time for you, and obviously, he hasn't spoken yet yeah. for years. So, I mean. I'm not quite sure where to start, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a gamble or I'll have a punt on this one anyway. So that's the famous, uh, Shanara hairpin. Okay. And, uh, like on, on day one. So the sequence of events is as follows. Um, Bertie obviously goes out quite early and it's yep. pissy enough. This is actually could be the second day because I don't remember it being particularly great at times on, on, on the first day. Right. But what people tend to forget is a lot of people talk about Bertie going out early and different things happening, which, uh, Okay, don't get me wrong, if we're James Lecky and someone goes that's uh, seated ahead of you and someone of that caliber, well, you know, call it straight, it is it's an advantage. There's just one there's one less much... to worry about. So but yeah. well, what people forget is at the end of day one, there was only fourteen or fifteen seconds between you and Austin. Yeah. So it was it was game on. So you almost came away after day one thinking to yourself, geez, we're in a pretty good spot here. And a lot can happen, yeah. obviously, in the on the second day down in uh, the Brale Lakes, you know.
1: Yeah, That was new territory for us, um, and you know, we, we really haven't been as competitive as that before. The big moments, you know, where we've had decent stage times, um, on previous events, but really never been in and been comfortable at that pace, you know, mm. um, been, been okay with it. And Andre couldn't have been far away, I and mean, Andre must have mm. been, Andrew Nuthwa must have been at it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just a uh, it, was, it was nice to be there. Um, I definitely had, with the, with the car driving better and so on, I, I definitely was putting more effort into it, but I was only getting on to what the car was capable of, you know, and um, in terms of the braking zones and things like that, I was only then beginning to get really get into uh, where it was doing it, otherwise I would naturally have braked earlier than the car was capable of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Eamon Borland was very much in the mix as well, and then he had a, yeah. a, big, a big off on, um, on Carrol Lake, not too, not too far into it. Um, right. And the Escort? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say possibly called tires. It's definitely, oh, man, it's only a couple of hundred yards down from the start, I think, where he went off. Okay, and yeah,
1: that would, that would suggest that.
0: In recent times, Ray Breen, actually, in the Killarney Historics, I think, albeit with the stage around the other way, I might have went off in a in a similar spot. So, Carol Lake, notoriously, um, a difficult enough stage. But can, can you remember, James, as as best you can, even though it is quite some time ago, how that day was panning out for you and what you were thinking as the day was panning out?
1: um i th- i think was to try and keep keep i mean anytime i've had any success in the past it's just by trying to avoid avoid it issues and keep a good pace going um there's one stage i think it's called bob mm-hmm. uh, and
0: bema
1: and i stage. particularly like that stage and, yeah. quite um, twisty. i and I, mm-hmm. I,
0: there's a downhill
1: section where you, you, if you get her in the right if you get her bunch in the right way she'll flow nicely for you and you can get down through it quite quickly um, even though it is nip and tuck, and um, I think it just I got a fastest on that and something, and that just uh, spurred me on to just keep it tidy and keep the nose clean, and but push on and and break late and stuff like that. And it we were just very fortunate; we didn't have any significant issues, and uh, didn't put any marks in the car, so you know it went well, and we were still in there. And something tells me that Austin was out in front by maybe more than 14 towards the end of the day. And I'm, uh, you know, age and memory and all that. But um, I think he might have clipped it on one of the last stages, if not the last stage, and dropped a few seconds with what was let me through. Um,
0: and I There's don't know hard, whether... Wasn't it... the uh, Broke a wishbone, I think it was. and was went, that what uh, it was? Was that went what to it Mende, was? And then there was obviously time penalties and wasn't there traffic going back into Clarny and different things. So there was obviously a little bit of controversy <laughs> emerging, okay. so I'm not sure how this is panning out in your mind then as all this is going on. You're, you're probably like, jeepers.
1: There was a problem, um which I'd never encountered before. There was a problem on a road section, and we went down, uh, we were all, tar warm back then was standard issue, you know. You just went down the road as you were, in the last mile or so before the stage, you, you weaved were about a wee bit, and you could weave her, weave her quite aggressively, and there was nothing coming the other way, you weren't too worried um and it was a there was a narrow road we were heading down and we came across um we saw something in the distance and it was a car pulled into the side and when we, when we approached the car it was a young learner girl under instruction going the wrong way down this wee narrow road and the boys were coming out of a tire wor- warming their tires and now they were stationary when we arrived but they must have come over a crest and some of the cars in front of us who i can't remember who they were but they should probably get a bit frightened, and she was in mm. tears. Um, I suggested, listen, turn around. Don't be going any further down that road. Get out of here, or park her up and, and leave it for 15 minutes, and then it mightn't be so bad. Um, but there was a problem with that later on um, because uh, it was potential penalties, mm. and they were trying to figure out who was it caused the issue. Yeah, And there was a few names in the hat. Right. And I know it wasn't us but I wasn't saying who I thought it was. Yeah. Um, um, but the organizers kind of, from the description she gave of the car and everything else were pointing, I think pointing the finger my direction, but I know she'd stopped and it was the cars in front of us that um, had, uh, had, had been the issue from what I could understand. But I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying who that was or whatever it was, but yeah, that, that, that was an issue that was floating about at the finish line. And there was question mark of, of, of penalties pain. and that, that went on. Mm-hmm. That went on for, for a while into the evening and so on. So it was a bit it was a bit strange for a while, a bit
0: surreal. Yeah, because I was actually at the finish ramp. I was only seven or eight <laughs> years of age, right? And uh <laughs> <laughs> hoping i not make you feel too old now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well but I didn't get at it. Hopefully we'll still be friends when it's all over, right? But yeah, I mean all this all this is going on and I'm actually just trying to grab the wee image here as well, just so we can pull it up. And again, Seamus Gona has been very, very good indeed in supplying these particular images, but like, nobody knew, and even if you go back on the RPM footage, uh, the scene is set beautifully by Plum Tindle and Gary Gillespie and the crew, as, as always, as they tended to do, and I mean, we've never seen the likes of it since, they were just like poetry in motion, I think. It, it was just, everything was captured so, so well, but as the photo makes its way onto the back end here, which hopefully won't take uh, too much longer, we have an infamous thing going on now we have it here we have a, we've a coin toss so all this is going on who, who comes up with the idea of uh, of a coin toss and all this and uh, now better man than Andrew Nesbitt is supposed to step in in the middle and, and try to act as uh, I don't know we won't say coffee in hand but some sort of peacekeeper here <laughs> you know I I can see that going on there but I don't remember
1: that playing any role in the outcome of the event ok,
0: okay. <laughs> We've got some dogs going through. Uh, he, he, he's, he's, he, he's claiming lies. <laughs> well, they're all the way out there. We've, uh, yeah, we've dogs here,
1: by the way. I don't remember that that coin toss paying any bearing in the outcome of the event. Okay. um My understanding is there was, it was really a church inquiry did it. And from what I remember, I, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, I had to sit in front of Plum. And do two versions of the finish. On okay, the
0: I've heard something something about this before. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you're okay well, to I say it now. All these years later, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I said, I said, you have to do one with you as you're the winner, and then I have to follow up and do one with you as being um thrown That's out right. of the event. Or thrown out. I think that was the outcome, or, or right. a penalty that would have put us way down the running order or something. I don't know. I can't remember, but it was okay. It went on until about eleven o'clock that night and we sat with the organisers and we sat outside a room and they were inside debating and we went in and talked to them and come out and I don't think anybody had any real knowledge of what occurred during the day but there was a, a risk of protest or something going on. And then they just got the word, it's yours James, you've got it, um, And which was, which I think which probably the right thing because that's what the stage times dictated. Hmm. You know, when it wasn't put down to any, um, there was no penalties applied to anybody um which is probably the right thing so it was it was on the stages at the event um
0: that uh, the, the event
1: was yeah uh, you know won and lost
0: okay so that's that's how they decided now some of these aren't actually displaying the right way. i have downloaded the marshways and that's that's my particular problem but so what you're saying is you get to do this spray the champagne you're the winner of the event but it's not quite sunshine and rainbows at this particular moment then there's a little bit more to it it goes on long into the evening like
1: it does, but I mean, yeah. So were you, spraying,
0: were you spraying the champagne, James, thinking, Jesus, uh, like, is this tainted a little bit kind of a thing? Or what are you thinking in that moment?
1: I knew that I, I, I wasn't at fault and wasn't in the wrong. So mm. I was taken at that. No, I'd won the event fair and square. And um, that I was happy to accept it at that point in time. Um, so and then would would you know fight a corner later on if I had to? Unfortunately, mm. we didn't really have to. I think it was just whatever whatever people they talked to they worked it out. But yeah. um, it was a bit strange given the two interviews. With Plum, <laughs> I was when I was talking to Plum yesterday, it didn't come up, but it was a bit strange given those two interviews.
0: Right like yeah, yeah.
1: stuff said, you know, but it was just strange. It was a bit surreal. It was mm. it, it was difficult to express the emotion of winning.
0: Yeah, and you kind of strike me as the type of person who would wear the heart on the sleeve and would just be like that anyway. So for you to try and maybe fabricate an interview, couldn't have been easy like.
1: I know you're on the spotlight and you and you wanted to do the best of it. And there was people there, there was crowds there, and you were trying to put the champagne up and do it right and show it. But um I can't remember if Austin had to do that as well. I don't remember that now. You have no photographs of it.
0: Well, I don't know if Austin sprayed champagne or anything like that, yeah. but we have this and we have the you know the, the the victory, I can't think of the name of that around your neck, the object you probably know. Oh, uh, the oral wreath. Yes. So that's that's around <laughs> Seriously, two. A forest. From, from, <laughs> <laughs> from 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 memory, I don't remember Austin doing that as well. But No, uh, I
1: think I think it was given to us, but there was a, a Stuart's inquiry to be happening later on, and then it became a bit he, uh, it's strange, that Plum had to do the two
0: interviews. Yeah, you know. I wonder, did, did Austin do a second interview as well? I never asked him that, because we we had Austin on a couple of years back, and he yeah. obviously thought about this as well, and he'd mentioned that in the heat of the hunt, that the one-two was reversed, I think, in his words, or whatever the case was, sure. and he said, he said what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing now, right, so I'm not quoting a word for word, but I'm nearly certain to paraphrase, me he said along the lines of, James Lecky, rightly won the rally. Um, well, that's that's kind of him. That's yeah. kind
1: of him because that that would be my position now. Uh, uh, him uh, having that mechanical problem was good fortune to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if he hadn't had that misfortune, then he would have taken the event um, on the day by whatever margin. You know, it might have been a big margin, but he would have taken it. Yeah. You know, because I wouldn't have called myself really ever as quick as as Austin. You know, Austin Birdie and. Um, Andrea and, and, and Donegal, <laughs> I wouldn't get near him. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, uh, who else would have put, you know, Kenny, you know, those boys, the rest of them, I would, I would you know, feel I was, was at it, and I think Killarney that year, I just, I was good, I had good fortune, mm. a good fortune, and the stages worked for me, and somebody was being kind. There were times, you know, there were times when you got her gathered up, let's say, and she was facing the right road,
0: do you know what I think is gas? Actually, and I've kind of left this out and I'll bring it up again. And apologies, I think actually, if I pull down this banner for a quick moment, I might get the full picture here. Yes, indeed, we do, right? Know. So, yeah, um, that's that's a great photo from from Seamus Coonham. But you can yeah. see now, uh, James, this pans out in 2023 with all the nonsense we've seen over the last couple of years on social media. You see Mr. George Miller there beside you, who used to sit with uh, Anthony yeah. Nesbitt, of course. And so, you know what people would be saying. They'd be saying, Oh, the coin toss. Sure, Miller used to sit with Nesbitt. Sure, Nesbitt shouldn't have been tossing that coin. <laughs> You just imagine if that was today, I guarantee you someone would say it. Guarantee you, but um, I mean Andrew must have been delighted as well because George had obviously sat with him before James. And uh yeah, yeah like I, I just think that's a quality photo for for so many different reasons, like you know.
1: Well, I mean they're they're that's a good bunch of guys. Um and I'm 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 a big I've mean, I know Andrew fairly well and we're going to um, the Bar. We're going to the MotoGP this year together um, mm-hmm. in Barcelona. Uh, Philip Young and Andre and a few other feel the Dark Knights, you know. But it'll be good mm-hmm. fun. It'll be good fun. So I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say Austin, but I would keep in touch with Andre, you know.
0: Yeah, and like in relation to Austin, right? Because it's uh, so competitive, unbelievably oh, yeah. competitive. Oh. But Woo. everyone everyone talks about the the respect then then afterwards. So like a, a completely different character, and some would say that they are often the same character um, with the helmet on and with the helmet off, but it just seemed, from talking to so many people that were up against him at the time, that he was two different characters and just really wanted to to win, so obviously you you saw glimpses of that too
1: Yeah, I mean I I'll, I'll, I'll use Clarny as an example there you know, I was glad I was in second place for the vast majority of that rally and it wasn't Austin behind me (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 and, and Bertie if he was about today would tell you the same thing because he, he lost the circuit of iron at the very last thing Austin was miles behind him and never ever ever gave up mm. never gave up you know and took a minute um, break in the last stage so he could take the time out of him and he took the time out of him you know it, it was like Austin never it was the one thing I remember about. Him. he never ever ever gave up he drove her hard to the end and that's possibly what happened in Killarney
0: because he maybe didn't need to drive that hard in the last stage, you know. Mm, yeah. Well, mm. ah, look, James, great times. And I, I hope really just before we wrap it up that we're talking about some, some more interesting times for James Lecky over uh the not too distant future. Because you know you mentioned you're in five mile town and, and stuff like that. But we, yeah. we touched on we touched on this question earlier in relation to you going after the business pursuit, but I never asked you how difficult the decision it was for you to decide I've won, right, I've won Killarney, I'm to go fourth in, in Donegal. Um doing pretty good for myself here. Irish Rallying is in a very healthy state. You know, some would say that's probably in around the golden area, uh, golden era, I should say, going from yeah. maybe 97, 98 upwards for the few years after the foot and mouth as well. Yeah. So that can't have been easy, despite the fact that you knew it was in the best interest. Like you would have taken a bit of time to think about it, surely.
1: Yeah, I did. And it was a it was a big decision. Um because I would have loved to have gone across and done UK events. I would love to have gone down across and done some of the, the Scottish and Welsh forests um, and Cumbria and so on as well. I think that would have been really good fun. Um, but the, yeah, the business pressures were such And ironically winning Killarney scratched an itch.
0: Mm.
1: It, 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 I'd matter a tick that box. I'd won an event and I just thought, right, well, I've, you know, I've achieved that it was it made it easier from the point of view that I've achieved it and I wanted to achieve. Um, I, you know, the idea of doing the irish um, championship and trying to win the uh, the championship itself uh, yeah i don't know if i had the belief that i could have done that um, and i think i would have gone for more fun by going across and going and doing the woods you know i love the gravel mm. um over in the uk and done a season there um but that was just for fun and in the end that that took the pressure off from the point of view that work had to be a priority and I, yeah. I mean, I loved work as well. I mean, the work I did, I just loved it. Absolutely adored it. So it was it was, it was, it was a, a big decision, but not a difficult decision, let me put it that way.
0: Yeah. And it's smart because every action has a reaction. So if you think about the fact that maybe you don't win to learning and you keep going, okay, yeah. you might have some really enjoyable times overseas and stuff to talk about, but business could suffer. And yeah. you look back at that now and you know, with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. I made a pretty good decision. Like So, you know, everything it's happens for a reason, guy. isn't it?
1: It was the right call at the time and i'm glad i did it i'm glad i did it um i mean i did miss it but i'm glad i did
0: it yeah so a few more inches of scratch now so yeah it's not <laughs> it's not it's not too bad i don't know james um could we call this a midlife crisis or <laughs>
1: <late> for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh very good very good no, james, late I... mid-life. A crisis, <laughs> <we'll> call it? <laughs> We'll be we'll be kind of a we'll stick to midlife. We'll take a few years yeah, off you there. Um James, an absolute privilege to to have a chat with you. Really, really enjoyed it. Great, and, thank you. Uh, we'll give a good shout out to our uh, mutual friend, Mister Seamus Cohen. You can actually see his calendar yeah. there in the corner. Why you doing that actually? So it's good, good uh, to hear yeah, from you. Yeah, it's been it's been super sport. Enjoy five mile town, and hopefully we we'll see well, plenty hopefully I will. Yeah, hopefully I will. Yeah. All right, James. Thanks a million. Thanks for on the Irish Rally Podcast. All right. yeah. This is the Irish Rally Podcast brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, your dedicated tools provider focusing on diagnostic test equipment and specialized tools. Visit techandtools.ie for more information and SVS Productions.